WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. It's 827. Good morning. Welcome to WKTY Outdoors. I'm Kevin Millard. Thank you for joining me on the program this morning. And one of my favorite guests, uh, always uh, a pleasure to have on the program, is Tackle Terry Tuma. And uh, as always, uh, we always have plenty to talk about. Terry, thank you very much for joining me on the show this morning. Glad to have you on the show. Well, thank you, Kevin. It's always great to visit with you and also all of our listeners. Yes, thank you so much for being on today. And, uh, yeah, we uh, we never have a problem filling, uh, uh, finding things to talk about, uh, regardless of the time of year, whether winter, summer, spring, or fall. So uh, uh, always something always something to talk about when it comes to, to fishing and uh, boating and the outdoors. And uh, this, uh, even, even in this kind of uh, weather, we... Boy, uh, we were talking before the program. It's, yeah, it's it's sort of. Uh, I wish spring would get here. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right, Kevin. Yeah, in fact, the lake we live on, we actually had uh, shoreline ice again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I so wouldn't. We're not, you know, we're not there yet whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I hope you know. It, it seems like it's like wow. Almost kind of wish I didn't put the ice fishing gear away so soon. So. <laughs> Yeah, somebody just mentioned that to that uh, to me this morning. Should we get our auger back out? <laughs> that's 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 kind of depressing, but it, yeah, it's like wow. It it almost seems some mornings it it, it seems like yeah, you almost should, uh, but uh, boy. But yeah. it's but it's a good time though, Kevin. I call it a transition time. Mm-hmm. You know where we can uh, definitely you know organize our tackle, get our boats prepared. Uh, picking out new lakes, picking out spots on the new lakes. Uh, so it's a, it's a great opportunity for us. But if we don't do it now, then all of a sudden it's going to be time to put the boat in the water, and then we did yeah. not get anything accomplished prior to that. That's uh, that's that's very true. It, and and it is a it, it is a good time to 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 plan things out. And um, you know, one of the nice things that uh, that I like, uh, especially now with with the technologies. Um, you know, in the past, you used to be able to go out and buy uh, buy these 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 books and with all the maps and uh, that that showed the you know topography of the of of lakes and rivers and things like that. Nowadays, you've got all these computer programs that you can you can load up and, and have on your phone or on your uh, units that you can put into your boats and things like that 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 show you know. Everything on on the lake and and you know the depths and things like that. Um, those are great to study this time of year. Yeah, they really are, Kevin. And it, it is a, a very useful tool. It's a very uh, a production uh, of catching fish. It's just a good producer by keying in on that. But we have to fish where the fish are. Yep. You know, not just going out randomly and hopefully you catch some fish, but you're not going to be very successful if we don't look for those fish in specific locations and then finding our strike zones. Oh, exactly, exactly. But, yeah, it's just, it's, it's you know, and and the point I was looking to make was that it's it's just, it's one of those, you know, on a, on a rainy, rainy, dreary April day, it's just, it's one of those things that you can sort of be, you know, add to your toolbox, if you will, of, of things that you can uh, be doing that, Will help you say maybe plan on on where you want to where you want to go. Those new bodies of water. Study those things on on places like you know looking for those those points or those humps that that uh, that structure that maybe you want to like. Okay, those are the kind of places that I want to maybe think about trying when I get out there on on that body of water and and 
look for those features that, that might be holding fish when I get out there. Yes, you're right. And the other thing, I'll, I usually advise people to pick out two or three new bodies of water, mm-hmm. Kevin, uh, something yeah. that they haven't uh, pursued yet. And what this does, it, it's fun, yeah. uh, it's a challenge, and then many times we learn a little bit more about how to catch those fish. I, it's just a big, big factor, and it just increases our knowledge. Oh, exactly. And, 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 and you brought up, a, you brought up that's, a, that's a great point, too, is that, uh, you know, we get set, and, and I, I think we've touched on this a, a little bit before, too, is, you know, we kind of get set in our ways. A lot of fishermen get you know, sort of comfortable. They get in a, in, a, in a zone, if you will, of, of, of doing the same thing over and over, and, and, you know, they don't necessarily have a very productive time out out of the water, you know, and, and doing, like you said, you know, if, challenging themselves, finding those new bodies of water and, and trying new things that, uh, you know, will expand their knowledge and will, ex- you know, they'll learn something, you know, and find new ways of, of catching fish. Well, you're exactly right. In fact, we fished uh, some new uh, lakes this uh, last winter, uh, and it's amazing how much more uh, that you learn about these specific lakes, you know, what kind of fishing pressure there are on these lakes. In fact, uh, we're in the plans to move our wheelhouse next fall, next winter, to a new body of water. So it does really make a big difference. Uh, it's just amazing, you know, maybe pick out a lake that doesn't have as much fishing pressure or it's got a lot of one species that we're trying to uh, catch. There's a lot of factors that really help us in this realm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um, like you said, it's, it's just, it's just a lot of fun and you can learn much more about a, a, a particular species of fish if you want, whether, it, you know, it's panfish or walleyes or, uh, you know, take your pick as far as, uh, what you want to learn more about. Oh yes, that's exactly right. And it just, it's just amazing how, uh, you know, it, it's a quality of the fish that we can catch on these new bodies of water. Maybe there's a ton more fish. And, you know, here again, too, is pick out the uh, lakes that offer the species that you're pursuing. There's no sense in going out fishing walleyes on a body of water that has very limited amount of walleyes, uh, you know, so or same thing with bass fishing or whatever. Mm-hmm. You need to look at some of the creole senses, uh, maybe ask uh, a couple of people that live on the lake or, or somebody that fishes it quite heavily. And it's just amazing how... You know, we gain all this information, then we put it together, Kevin, and then we become awfully successful. It's sort of a feel-good at that time. Yeah, exactly. And and that's just, uh, to me, that's just, that's that's fun. Uh, you know, uh, that that is a great way to, to, to sort of, and, and the other thing, too, is um, I, I think that you you can combine things along those lines and, and make that sort of a, a family project. It doesn't have to be just one person. You know, if you've got... Um, you know, other family members that are interested that you want to or want to get interested in fishing, I think this is a great way to, to sort of, you know, help build that base and build that uh, uh, passion for learning and passion for fishing is, is, is get everybody involved in that, that particular, you know, project or whatever, learning about, you know, this lake or this body of water. Oh, you're right, and you know, and there's uh, you know a ton of emphasis on family fishing, uh, mm-hmm. husband and wife, or you know uh, that kind of uh, fishing participation, and it's growing and it's growing rapidly. Yeah, exactly, and 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 not to kind of to 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 kind of go along with that as well. Um, talking about this, and uh, we're again we were talking kind of before the show here um, about uh, about 
being efficient and, and kind of doing these things, talking about looking at different bodies of water and challenging yourself to, to learning about new bodies of water um, and, and being efficient that way, doing your homework ahead of time, uh, kind of along with that, that, that runs sort of parallel with that, is being, and, and you mentioned it at the beginning here too, is, is being efficient with your equipment as well, with your tackle, with your, you know, your rods, your reels, um, all of your gear so that you're not wasting time when you get to that new body of water, that you can be as efficient as you, uh, as you need to be when, uh, when you get onto the, onto that body of water. Well, you're right, Kevin. I just spoke to someone, in fact, regarding that, and uh, he's going through his, they're going through their tackle boxes, getting rid of lures that they haven't used for a couple of years. He said, in fact, some of these uh, jigs with tubes, the hooks were starting to rust. You know, so here, get rid of that uh, old tackle and replenish it with new tackle if you need to. And the other two is, you know, and then what I do, Kevin, is I'll take just uh, reels and rods that uh, correspond with the species of fish that I'm going mm-hmm. to be fishing for. Same thing with the lures and the baits. Uh, there is no sense in taking uh, crappie gear if you're fishing walleyes or bass. Uh, one, you clutter up your boat. Number two, uh, then so many times it just sort of confuses you. You know, well, I was planning on fishing crappies, but the walleyes are going, or vice versa, or I was going to fish bass and not having good results. And so, therefore, then, and then the other thing, too, along with this, is pre-rig your rods before you get on the water. Uh, so very important. Most of us have several rods. Pre-rig them with different baits and different lures because now we're able to really efficiently uh, find a pattern on a body of water. Some days, sure, there's not going to be a regular pattern, but that's something we just have to, uh, you know, work with. But it's just so much more efficient. You can pick up this rod, this rod, this rod, instead of looking in your tackle box, scratching your head, wasting time tying on a new lure. Yeah, exactly. And, and if, if anyone has watched uh, professional bass fishing, you see, if, if, if you've watched the, the anglers in their boat, you see, you know, I mean, I, I, they're, they've got one rod that they're using at a time, but if you see on the, the floor of their boat, you know, there's, what, maybe six or seven rods that are, are just laying there. They're pre-rigged. They're ready to go. So if something isn't working, all they have to do is lean down, grab that rod, unhook it, and boom, they're fishing. I mean, that's, what, 10 seconds maybe to get that rod up and up and, and in action? Well, definitely right. And, but, you know, and, and that's really a good point because otherwise, you know, we got one or two rods, and then we say, well, I wonder if I should try this. I don't know if I should try that. Then we start to look in our tackle about, hmm, maybe we should do, tie this one out. It's the amount of time that we're wasting, then the time of retying. And two, I think the other is, you know, you mentioned rods on the floor. Make sure these rods are readily available. You know, don't shove uh, a rod that. Uh, you is going to be a backup rod with a specific lure way in the bottom of your rod locker, making sure you know lay them on the floor, make them you know lay them alongside uh, wherever you're fishing or along uh, you know along the gunnel or someplace where you can grab this rod right away. It's so important for us uh, to do that. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing too, I think Kevin too, is you know pay attention to uh, the day you're going out there. What kind of weather is is uh, going to take place? How about the fishing pressure? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Have those, you know, you know, and and realistically, I mean, I really too. I mean, and and 
you know, we can kind of maybe move into to getting the boat ready as well for the uh, um, the season two is is to kind of go along with that. And, and, and you kind of jog my thought I had is, you know, having having the rest of that gear ready to go as well. So, yeah, if the weather would happen to turn, you know, you've got maybe that raincoat ready or something along those lines that that stuff's readily available and quickly available for you as well in the boat, along with that other, those other bits of, of tackle, you know, that the, the net is ready to go, uh, or, you know, any other piece of equipment, uh, whether it's, it's maybe, you know, you need a pliers or something along, along those lines to help get that hook out or, or something along those lines, that that gear is, is readily available, quickly available, so you're not wasting time, uh, for whatever reason, uh, when you get out on the water and, and you're being as efficient as possible. Well, you're right. And what I do, Karen, personally, uh, just a bit of information, is I'll take a magic marker and mark all the uh, tackle trays. You know, maybe it's shad wraps in one, maybe it's wacky worms in one. And then they, they go in their specific uh, tackle bags uh, where it's, for, uh, and I mark those also with um, a marker, is one, you know, for bass, for walleyes. Uh, for crappies, for sunfish, uh, it, again, makes it so much more efficient. And then, too, is, uh, you know, it's a great opportunity, and this sort of perturbs me so many times. You'll see anglers going out on the body water. Uh, they're planning on fishing, and they back their uh, trailer into the access, and they can't get the boat started. Uh, batteries are dead, or um, it just doesn't run. Do this prior to going fishing. Do not tie up uh, the access. And the other two is, uh, you know, go through your boat. If you left anything in there over the winter, uh, making sure that you don't need it or you want to get rid of it. And this, I think this really applies to inflatable life uh, vest also. Uh, did you yeah. leave it in the boat? Did it freeze? You know, that kind of thing. And the other two is just to help us a little bit. And what I, I'm just talking about what I personally do. Mm-hmm. I have rod racks right along uh, in the garage right alongside the boat uh, and there so I can just pick this these rods for this specific uh, species, transfer them into the boat, take the rods that I'm not going to be using and put them back in the rod racks. Just it makes it so much more efficient instead of getting, uh, I think so many times we get too confused. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Is is just have that, you know, be be efficient. I mean, that's just kind of the, the, the key there to, to making sure that everything is is going as as smoothly as possible um you know and yeah it does it will take some time to get everything organized and 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 ready to go but you're you're spending time in advance but you're saving time really when you need it out on the water it's it's an investment that pays off on the back end yeah, it really is, and you know, especially at this time of the year with this kind of weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I call it such a transition time. It keeps us, uh, you know, occupied uh, in the fishing world, if you will. And then, it just as you mentioned, it just we become much more efficient. And you know, efficiency is the name of the game. Uh, you know, and fishing is a process of elimination. So we tie that in with the baits and lures. Uh, you know, readily available, the rods readily available, and uh, really dialing on that process of elimination. It's really a big plus factor. It's so hard to emphasize how important that is to us. You know, if you're jigging for wallets or whatever it is, you know, have rods with you know three different uh, colors of jigs, different weights, and so forth. It just 
it's just uh, much more beneficial for each and individual angler, no matter what species we're pursuing, with what lures we're using. Yep, exactly. And and, and I'm going to kind of go back to that um, uh, bass fishing analogy here, uh, and and certainly uh, I wouldn't ever put myself in in that category. But those those professional bass anglers, if you want to look at at in terms of efficiency, I mean they're sort of you know obviously they're the pros that the, the the elites, if you will, uh, you know, in terms of, of efficiency, they're they're really dialed in, and and you can watch them for what you know what should be done out on the water that you can kind of use to translate here for for you and I the sort of the the, the regular regular folks, if you will, um, you know, they're you know they're not making any sort of you know they're just not kicking back in the boat and. You know, uh, you know, well, they're fishing for, you know, big money, of course, so they have to be efficient. But, you know, they're always casting. They're always looking for a spot. They're always doing something moving forward to accomplish, accomplish that goal of catching a fish. And that's really kind of what, you know, I mean, ultimately what we're all aiming for. Well, you're right. You know, say if you're, let's just go back to the bass. Say if you're fishing a weed edge or inside some milfoil or a riprap or a point, uh, is, you know, so you're starting out, you're casting one lure, and if you feel that's a pretty good spot, Kevin, you you don't want to just cast that and then leave. Cast another one or two lures. Make it quickly, uh, move quickly, but cast, again, you know, just a couple different lures that you take correspond to that species of fish and to the bite into a uh, specific location. It's so important for us. I think too many times, too, I call it one-method peat type of fishing. We start out with a crankbait, and that's we stay with all day. Then we come back into shore or load up the boat and say, well, we didn't do very well today. The fish just are not cooperating. Not true. We mm-hmm. just haven't put enough effort into it. Yeah, exactly. And actually, that that, that brings up one other thing that, that I know we wanted to talk about, too, was, um, was reaction bites. Um, so let's let's uh, let's kind of delve into that that category as well in in terms of uh, of reaction bites. Um, what are your you know that that's something that um, you know is is something that I think is kind of an interesting aspect. You know, you know how do how do you see fish reacting uh, to to different presentations, or what are they exactly reacting to? You know, is it is it the motion? Is it is it the lure, the scent, or a combination of all of the above? Well, I really feel first of all, you know, reaction bites. You know, fish uh, fishing pressure is one that uh, where we really need to uh, uh, you know concentrate on these kind of reaction bites. The other. Kevin is, you know, fronts, weather changes, mm-hmm. and we see just a ton of that. And normally what we're talking about when we have these kind of bites going, it's what I call the three S's, uh, the finesse approach is slow, small, and subtle. But on the other hand is, you know, you're, uh, you're out there and you're casting and you're uh, just for whatever species of fish, and we'll just say maybe uh, let's go with bass again. And what I really feel, Kevin, first of all, we have to get that lure into the strike zone. That's mm-hmm. number one. Uh, number two is uh, what you're doing now is you're covering water much quicker. You're not wasting time. You're not sitting in a spot. And what really uh, is a, a factor in these reaction bites is moving your baits much faster, 
to force this kind of a reaction bite. I, I think uh, what is happening here is that, uh, you know, these fish will definitely relate to that, uh, but we're fishing much quicker. We're forcing a bite. A reaction bite is, you know, using something that's uh, moving quite quickly. Uh, we'll say crankbaits with uh, really a stepped-up vibration factor, um, retrieving it much quicker if you're trolling for walleyes, maybe trolling faster, uh, using a, a hard vibrating bait. And these fish uh, just re- respond uh, not to that that they're going to, it's something to eat, but it just, you know, it's just a reaction. By, it's just like, and when I use it as an example, just say that you're holding your rod and reel in your hand or a set of keys in your hand, and your hand uh, hits something. Maybe uh, it's a windshield on the boat, or maybe it's a, a post on the dock. Your hand automatically opens up, and that's how I feel. It's a reaction. Uh, and then I really feel that these fish react exactly the same way uh, to the point. It's something that they haven't seen, they haven't uh, heard uh, via vibration, and then also they hit it. Okay, exactly. Yeah, they just, they just they don't have time to think about it. They just do it, in other words. Yes, exactly right. And you see a lot of your, as you mentioned, some of your uh, determined people that make a living at this, uh, is that's what they respond to. And there's a and reaction bites, no question, work extremely well. Mm-hmm. You know, here, too, again, if you ever go out and you, you're faced with a tough bite uh, and you're using live bait, for instance, or, or maybe wacky worms or whatever for bass, or just a tough bite for any species of fish, and you're not having good results, but then all of a sudden you try this real aggressive approach and you wonder, well, how come they're, we're catching a few fish using this aggressive approach? That's a reaction bite. Okay, and 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 as far as as the as as far as what to use for uh, for your tackle, what uh, what would you or what are your thoughts on that? Is is that something that um, you know d- does it necessarily ma- matter as much maybe uh, to tr- to try to get that reaction bite compared to say other types of presentations? Well, yes, it does. I think uh, what we need to do, if you're facing a tough bite, Kevin, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, by this tough bite, what you're doing then is you're uh, moving quickly and you're uh, moving quickly, you know, along, say, uh, a weedage or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So you're picking out these somewhat possible uh, fish that you can, uh, you know, uh, trigger into biting. So you're not just sitting in one spot, just cranking away at this one area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, reaction bites can also be uh, a fast retrieve of a specific plastic or p- picking out a plastic that has a lot more vibration uh, in-, in it. Mm-hmm. And so you're doing two things. One is you're fishing fast, moving fast, and that's where you gain this reaction bite. Okay. So, yeah, you, you have to make the right lure choice. You're just you're just kind of doing it. You're you're presenting it in a different way. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I'm understanding that uh, how that how that process, the lure choice process, worked, and how that all kind of worked into the equation there. Okay, all right. I just wanted yeah, to make yeah, sure. Yeah, I think the main thing too is that you just don't sit in one spot mm-hmm. and say you're casting uh, a crankbait and um, a harsh vibration crankbait, and you're going to sit there for two hours hoping for a reaction bite. That's not mm-hmm. the uh, that's not it. You've got to also move uh, quickly along any kind of cover or structure. Right. Yeah. And as you said, it is it's something where you can cover a, a lot of ground fairly quickly. Yes. Exactly. Right. And then all of a sudden, too, Kevin, if uh, if you're 
picking up a few fish and uh, re- say you can't, you've got a, a bass or a walleye in one spot, and you, then you cast out again and got another one, then maybe you ought to just sit there and try a couple different lures, just see if, uh, uh, you know, a different uh, plastics or something else would work in that area. Many times that can be uh, a search tool also. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that was going to be my follow-up question, is, is that is that something that maybe you try early on, um as a you know a possible attractant, if you will, sort of the uh, the first choice of of seeing what's in the area, if you will. Yeah, well, I really think and I I know exactly where you're going with that question. Yes, and I call it climbing the ladder, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning, uh, you know, so often, which let's pick on walleye fishing. Okay. Uh, you know, so often, you know, we go out there with a live bait rig, with a crawler, or maybe we go out there uh, with a. Um, uh, jigging a minnow, what we should really try to do is try to get uh, more aggressive, and by doing that, maybe start casting crankbaits or trolling crankbaits, and then if you don't have any success, uh, then drop down to uh, a, a jigging a minnow or a live bait rig or whatever it may be, uh, or a spinner mm-hmm. rig or whatever it may be, and then uh, we're going to increase our success. So often, we go out there with a, just say a jigging a minnow or a live bait rig, and we have, uh, you're catching a, a couple fish uh, per hour or whatever it is. So we become very complacent. We tell ourselves, hey, we're not doing so bad. But if we start out with really aggressive mode, many, many times we'll increase our success uh, with quality and quantity. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and then the other thing, too, and I just, I just had this thought, too, is obviously the species of fish that you're going for, you're not going to have the same kind of numbers. You know, If you're fishing for walleye, you're not going to have the same kind of numbers of walleye versus if you're going for bluegill, of course. So, you know, that you also have to factor that in mind, too. When, like, as you said, you know, you find some, you've got to keep moving around as well to try different places. Yeah, and I'll just give you a good example. Uh, fishing for crappies last year, uh, at this time of the year, of course, it was warmer. Mm-hmm. But uh, I started with a bobber, uh, Kevin, mm-hmm. and a minnow. And I caught a few fish. It wasn't, you know, I was sort of happy with but then I started to cast plastics in a small jig with a real slow stop and go retrieve and I was uh, uh, with plastics and a minnow and I was catching crappies then I took off the minnow and I was I really increased my success and I didn't have to waste time putting that new minnow on or losing a fish so there's a lot of things that we really need to relate to you know I always tell anglers the fish are talking to us but we don't speak their language mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> exactly well uh, Terry uh, anything else that uh, that maybe you wanted to touch on here? We've got just a, a few minutes left to go before we uh, we wrap things up for the day here. Well, I think really well, a couple of things too, Kevin. Well, is one is really you know take this time uh, that we have uh, before we actually launch our boats is you know just go through all your tackle. I think it's extremely important to get rid of the, that tackle that you haven't used for a couple of years because you're not going to use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just make room. Uh, and then also, too, then it becomes some, sometimes confusing. Well, you know, we caught a lot of fish on this four years ago. I'm going to put work now, but we're not going to tie it on. I think that's so obvious under most conditions. And as this individual mentioned to me, some of his hooks were being uh, getting rusty well we should never have that uh happen to us but if it is happening we got to get those out of the tackle box i think that's another uh big ingredient and also too is take a look at do i need to buy some more or different colored jigs different weights of jigs do i need to invest in some more plastics some different sizes this is wonderful opportunities time frame wise to do all of that Mm -hmm. 
Exactly. Well, well, Terry, I, again, I always appreciate you being on, and thank you so much for uh, for coming on the show this morning and uh, and sharing your uh, your wisdom with us and uh, great ideas as always. Uh, and uh, I, like I said, I always come away with uh, with some some new thoughts, some new knowledge as far as uh, the world of fishing goes. So again, as always, thank you so much for uh, for being on the program this morning. Well, thank you so much, Kevin, and to you and your family and to all of our listeners, happy Easter. Hopefully yeah. the Easter bunnies bring some fishing tackle. <laughs> there we go. That, uh, that, would, that, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Well, Terry, again, thank you, and you have a happy Easter to, uh, to you and your family as well, and uh, we will talk to you again uh, very, very soon here. So uh, I'm going to thank you. Thank you, Terry. Take care. Bye-bye. And, Bye. uh, and we will be back with more in just a few moments of WKTY Outdoors on WKTY, 96.7 FM, 580 AM.